Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Mars. Today, a discussion about getting the lives of our kids off to a good start. The homeschool partnership program Parents as Teachers is observing its 35th anniversary this year. It all began right here in Missouri and since its founding has helped tens of thousands of families in all 50 states and abroad. It's headquartered in St. Louis. Joining me in studio is Constance Scully, president and CEO of Parents as Teachers. Constance, great to have you with us. Good to be here. Good afternoon, and thank you. I think a lot of people will be surprised. Parents as Teachers is well-known, but surprised that it started right here. Right here. How Uh, and why? Well, uh, it started uh, through the vision of our founder, Mildred Winter, who was uh, an early childhood teacher in ferguson Florissant School District that... Uh, just got a little frustrated with uh, children. She noticed children coming to kindergarten underprepared and just not ready to learn, and she thought that uh, the answer was uh, in the home. So her first um, thought was that parents were the key to their children's success, and two, that learning begins uh, at birth. I think some people are confused by by the name parents as teachers. You've just explained the role that parents play, but uh, tell me about that confusion and why should people not be confused? Well, uh, people, sh- uh, well, uh, parents are their children's first and best mm-hmm. teachers. So uh, because uh, 80% of uh, rapid brain development occurs before the age of three, uh, there are lots of things that a parent can do to engage and uh, advance their child's development. And what Parents as Teachers does is we uh, provide trained professionals to work with parents in the home to engage in uh, their uh, optimal uh, health, learning, growth, and development. Uh, give me a little more specifics. Uh, give me more specifics, I should say, uh, on that. When uh, th- these people come in, what exactly do they do? So we have a, a, f- a four-component model that includes a personal or home visits, uh, developmental and health screenings, and um, group socializations, and then the fourth component of the model is resource referrals. Mm -hmm. So what happens in a home visit, uh, the components of a visit, you know, there's obviously an opening and introductions, but uh, parent educators observe parent-child interaction. Uh, There's a component of development-centered parenting that's addressed, as well as family well-being. So those are the three components of an actual visit. So parent educators bring in tools, uh, share uh, information with parents about developmental milestones, uh, show them how to use uh, basic resources in the home uh, to support their child's development. They bring books to encourage literacy, talking, reading, and singing to children. Uh, For me personally, when I was a PAT parent, uh, I remember my parent educator working with me uh, to develop my son's fine motor skills by picking up frozen peas on the floor, which was mm. good for me because I don't eat peas. Mm. So. <laughs> How often do the parent educators come to visit? Uh, for the deepened approach, uh, the, 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 the model itself, on average, there are two visits, usually a month, personal visits to families, uh, at least one uh, group connection a month, and then there are scheduled uh, developmental screenings. They also share... Um, the milestones with parents. So parents know what to expect from their child and how they can help 
uh, encourage and develop them to stay on task. And who are these parent educators? What's their background? Uh, our parent educators uh, come from a varying background. Some have uh, early childhood backgrounds. Some may have social work backgrounds. Uh, some even nursing. Uh, the National Center for Parents as Teachers, as well as some of our training teams in the state, in the states, we provide um, the training to certify our parent educators in our foundational uh, delivery, which is from prenatal through three years old, and then our foundational two is three to five. So we provide the professional development to certify parent educators to either deliver the parents as teachers evidence-based model or to subscribe to our curriculum, which is often used by uh, other evidence-based models like Early Head Start programs or Healthy Families America. I imagine you're always on the lookout for parent educators. Given the number of uh, families that you serve, uh, I'm sure there's always a shortage. Well, we work through child and family serving organizations who we refer to as parents as teachers mm -hmm. affiliates. So in any given community, uh, often in Missouri, because it, we started here, uh, 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 the then governor and later Senator um, Kit Bond passed legislation to uh, provide parenting education in every school district in Missouri. So what's most familiar here is in the school districts, there's a PAT program of some sort. But when you look across the landscape of uh, the nation, any child and family serving organization that has a, mi a mission uh, to support early development can be a PAT affiliate. So those programs may be um, uh, public schools, they may be a um, family resource center or community action program, they may, may be a health district or federally, federally qualified health center, hospitals, uh, other nonprofits or faith-based organizations. So the landscape of uh, partners that deliver the parents as teachers model, uh, we have 1,036 partnering organizations mm -hmm. across the country and around the globe in six other countries that uh, serve families in the parents as teachers model. How do the, the, the parents and the families connect with parents as teachers? Well, uh, oftentimes, uh, locally, a local school district may uh, refer a parent to the PAT program. Sometimes they get telephone calls. A lot of the hospitals, we partner with um, uh, hospitals that deliver babies, and they may provide information to parents uh, for other uh, prenatal OBGYNs may also refer pregnant moms. Uh, some of our strong partners like Home State Health often refer uh, teen parents to uh, parents as teachers if they're in a location where we can serve them through our direct uh, services or Show Me Strong Families affiliate. Uh, we will serve them or we will refer them to the local school district where they reside. And sometimes this process gets started, as I understand it, before the baby is even born. Absolutely. Our, our initial pilot was of uh, 60 moms, all of whom were pregnant in four area school districts. So we began uh, serving families prenatally, but we can enroll children and families anywhere on the continuum from prenatal through uh, kindergarten. And what would the prenatal process be like? What would the prenatal process be like? Some of the work that we do from a prenatal perspective are uh, sharing with parents to make sure that they keep up with their prenatal 
uh, health and their wellness visits, uh, making sure that they are uh, exercising wellness, personal wellness techniques of relaxation, uh, that they are uh, informed on what to expect, help them through uh, the birthing process with engaging and advocating uh, with their physicians, uh, understanding how to plan and prepare their home uh, for their soon coming residents. Mm-hmm. So we have a 2,500 page curriculum that has a specific pathway to serve and support prenatal miles. 2,500 pages. Yes. Well, <laughs> a tw- not 2,500 pages of prenatal content, uh-huh. but within that curriculum, uh, there are components that are focused on supporting moms through pregnancy. Should we assume that the, the families that you work with primarily are lower income families? Well, the parents as teachers model itself was developed as a universal model Mm -hmm. to serve all families. Uh, But because of uh, limited resources, uh, most funding is uh, targeted to families that could benefit most uh, or the most vulnerable families like teen parents, single moms, uh, parents that are experiencing poverty and uh, housing insecurity and things of that nature. Mm Well, uh, you, you deal with an awful, awful lot of people, and early childhood development, as you indicated uh, when we started this conversation, is extremely important. How important is it? I know the brain is developing, as you indicated. Most of it is developing during this time. What else is important during this period? Well, it, it's extremely Im- important because, uh, well, for me personally, um, I was a PAT parent. My son is 24 years old, but when he was born, I was, before he was born, uh, I was going through preterm labor. I was hospitalized for three days, uh, on bed rest for 30 days, and I delivered him two and a half weeks early. So I was afraid. Every parent uh, wants what's best for their child, uh, and regardless of their economic or educational status, Every parent can be a great parent, but we don't always have the confidence to know that. Mm -hmm. And parents as teachers, it's great to provide parents with the affirmation to just let them know you can take these particular steps to help uh, add value to your child's development and Mm -hmm. let let parents know that they play a role. it's very important. Uh, one of the uh, analogies that Kit Bond shares often is we buy a car and you get, uh, you know, an owner's manual. It tells you when to get it serviced. When we have a baby, we don't get any instructions. And I think that is what uh, organizations like Parents as Teachers and our uh, fellow organizations on the early home visiting front uh, bring to families and children. You know, it really is true that there there are books out there, of course, for unparenting, but most of us, it's kind of like on-the-job training, isn't mm-hmm. it? You just do what you think you have to do and, and kind of wing it. Well, we do, and but there, but it's nice to have a resource yeah. uh, like parents as teachers. And uh, an interesting story is, you know, we 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 have the privilege of having uh, many parents or former PAT parents on our staff, and even some of our board members. But one interesting story is uh, we have a person that's been in in the organization for more than twenty years, but her youngest son had a gross motor. Uh, delay that she, even as a parent educator, did not identify mm-hmm. herself. But through the screenings and engaging with her parent educator, the uh, uh, the uh, delay was identified 
through the services she herself uh, received from parents as teachers. Boy, how important was, was that? Absolutely. We have to take a break. We'll do that and come back and continue the conversation with Constance Scully, president and CEO of Parents as Teachers. And uh, we'd like to get your input as well. We'll see we have one call already, and we'll bring that uh, caller in after we come back from this break. 382-8255 is our number. That's 382-TALK. You can send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org, or if you'd prefer to send a tweet, we'll take one at STL on air. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise, examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues. Hammond.Institute. And welcome back to our conversation with Constance Scully, who is the president and CEO of Parents as Teachers. Uh, I, th- I think that is such a key point, uh, Constance, that you mentioned in detecting developmental disabilities early on, um, because so few parents really really know what to look for. And it can be very subtle. Some of these issues can be subtle, can't yes. they? Yeah. Well, we have a caller here that I'd like to bring in. Let's uh, go with Jerry and O'Fallon, who has been waiting. Jerry, thanks for being patient. Good afternoon. I just wanted to mention my oldest daughter was born in 1986, and I don't know if it was one of the pilot programs, but I believe it was one of the first, as a parent says, first teachers, as it was called, through the Ferguson Florida School District. And I think it was extremely valuable, not only the skills that you're teaching your child, but I think more valuable for the parent to realize that, you know, education isn't something you send your kids off to do every day. It's something that you as a parent have the responsibility and, and the ability to do um, if you haven't thought of it that way, and that you can always use things as, as a teaching moment, and also that it, I think it also ingrains in you that your, your children are always going to follow your example, good or bad. So uh, I think it's just a very um, simple but very effective way to make people aware of not only the responsibilities, but also the, the joys and, and, and the, uh, the ways that it it can make you a better person in, in teaching your children. It's a great program. Jerry, thank you thank for the call. Well, you're, those are words that uh, I'm sure you appreciate hearing. I, I do. Thank you for sharing that, Jerry. And uh, I, I agree. And even though the work happens so early, uh, preparing a parent to uh, advocate for their child in the education system and in the health system, that parental engagement continues throughout the con- it lasts throughout the continuum. I'm, I'm sure that over a period of time, you see as much improvement in the parents as you do in the children. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the, the, the major outcomes of the work with parents as teachers is improving uh, parental skills. Mm-hmm. I, I have in my notes here also a notation that uh, detecting abuse and mistreatment of children is also something that... Uh, you come across from time to time and have to deal with. Yes. Uh, one, there's a recent study, uh, a Yale study out of Connecticut, a statewide uh, um, evaluation that was just released in, I think, in the spring of last year that indicated a 22% reduction of substantiated cases of child abuse and neglect in a sample size of almost 8,000 families, 36% of whom <clears throat> received the parents as teachers' services. So uh, in that 36% uh, of families, 
their indications of substantiated child abuse and neglect was 22% lower of the sample. What do you do, what do these, uh, these the visitors do if they detect that there is a problem of this sort? Well, <clears throat> uh, parent educators are, are typically mandated reporters, but what, what I think is happening is when they're engaging with a parent, they're explaining to them and helping them to understand better what to expect from a child. So sometimes what uh, people often refer to as the terrible twos are normal behaviors for a two-year-old. So when a parent understands, well, this is the oral stage and this is how you can support that uh, as opposed to um, uh, yelling at a child because Mm -hmm. they think that they're doing something that they're not supposed to, really helping a parent support their child's development as opposed to um, having adult expectations mm-hmm. from a toddler. How, how long do the home visits continue? I don't mean the dur- duration when they're there, but uh, a, a period of years, months, uh, how long? Uh, the, the goal is to serve families for, uh, um, uh, on average, at least two years. Uh, a visit, it, the, an individual visit lasts about an hour and a half to get through all mm-hmm. components of the visit uh, itself. The earlier, the better, but a parent or, or a family, depending upon uh, their own situation, may, and also the funder. Uh, some funders support uh, programs that are on a different continuum. So another home visiting program may be serving uh, children up to the age two or pick up at age three. Parents as teachers may mm-hmm. be serving from prenatal to three. So the uh, oftentimes the enrollment period is dependent upon um, the resources provided by a funder and uh, the structure in any given community. Is there any kind of follow-up once the home visiting time is uh, is over? Oftentimes when uh, uh, programs have uh, an evaluation com- component con- connected, there may be a longitudinal study that looks at children uh, and connects to families over the years. So, for instance, uh, a, a recent evaluation in Arizona of the Sunnyside Unified School District, those families were served in that district uh, from uh, prenatal to five, but they're looking at data up to up through high school, so they're already seeing third grade reading levels and uh, math and literacy scores. So oftentimes, depending on the data infrastructure in a given program or community, they can track the status of those families and continue uh, to connect with those families to determine uh, their success. We have an email here from uh, listener Cameron who writes, my daughter was born a month early and is now eight months old. I've signed up for parents as teachers but have been waiting for six months. I absolutely agree resources should be dedicated to those most in need, but is there somewhere else we can get help for families not in need to get help while parents as teachers resources are stretched thin? Well, uh, there are occasions where it, it depends on the resources uh, available in, a di- in, a, in a, any particular community, but oftentimes some school di- districts and other programs do open up their group connections to the broader community as well as they may have uh, mass screening opportunities. Um, and uh, contacting the local departments of health, there may be other home visiting programs that a family can access. But because the footprint is so large uh, in Missouri, uh, reaching out to your local school district and saying, I need some help, 
uh, I encourage you to do that, and we from the National Center support uh, helping uh, the school districts uh, deepen their approach and try to expand the number of families that they can serve any way that we can help them to do that. Let, let's take another call. Rachel in St. Louis wants to get into this discussion, so let's bring her in. Go ahead, Rachel. Hi. Yes, I uh, was actually a part of the PAT program in, I think it was from 91 to 92, uh, I lived in a very rural area in southeast Missouri, so there weren't a lot of early education opportunities, but it was incredibly beneficial for me. I was able to um, kind of get on the uh, the docket to enroll early uh, in kindergarten. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to because our classroom sizes were way too big uh, in the rural area, but because of that, it kind of um, gave me a leg up and, and made me realize my my the importance of my own education. And uh, after that, I was enrolled in a lot of gifted and talented programs from second grade on to high school. And it, it definitely helped me so much just kind of realize what my own uh, talents were for, for learning and really gave me that, that thirst for knowledge. And I really looked forward to every single visit, those home visits that I would get from, from my parent teacher. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you for saying that, Rachel. And um, when we consider the communities and the families that we serve across the country, more than half uh, of the communities that have parents as teachers programs are actually in rural communities. But what's amazing is that uh, we serve families in rural, frontier, urban, and we even serve families in 115 tribal communities across the country. Uh, our partnership with the Bureau of Indian Education has been around uh, for 28 years. The challenge overall is that uh, when you look at early home visiting for parents as teachers and evidence-based models, um, across a multitude of lists, we're only reaching about 300,000 families in total uh, in the U.S. And when you consider needs like even single moms, teen parents, poverty, homelessness, uh, substance abuse, families with just two indicators, at least two high opportunity indicators, uh, that the need is about six million families that could benefit wow. most uh, from early home visiting. So um, this is a wonderful opportunity to just share that, one, the resources exist, and uh, two, uh, there's a need uh, to fund more. A large part of the work that we do from the National Center is partnering uh, in the states, including Missouri, on uh, coalitions to encourage funding, additional funding for resources like home visiting, because once again, every parent uh, wants what's best for their child, mm -hmm. and every parent can be a great parent. We need help. How does it work overseas? How does it work overseas? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the only thing that's significantly different overseas is uh, in, in Europe for, say, our programs in the U.K., uh, the screening component is a part of their health system. So the other components of the model, the group connections, the personal visits, and the resource referrals are what they focus on uh, in Europe. But we have model affiliates that are uh, providing their own implementation support as guided from the National Center to support their program. So uh, in uh, the U.K., Canada, uh, and Germany, 
Germany, the only it's a different language, so they manage the platform that delivers uh, the curriculum from Germany, but they have translated our curriculum and wow. our parent-facing tools. Let's take another call. Marianne will be with us. Marianne, thanks for waiting. You're on the air with uh, Constance Scully. Hi, Constance. Hello, Don. Hi. I was uh, calling in reference to the lady that has been waiting months for uh, service and help. There is an organization here in St. Louis, Nurses for Newborns, and they help immensely with um, food, diapers, uh, medical care for the child. Um, and you just need to call them and, and uh, supply an application. And they are extremely helpful. I volunteered there, so I just what maybe the lady that called in could mm -hmm. um, learn about this service. Yes, Nurses for Newborns is a great organization, and Melinda Olmeyer is uh, one of our fellow um, leaders in the home visiting front. So they do great work, and similar to uh, Nurses for Newborns, uh, parents as teachers, partners with. Uh, resource providers like the St. Louis Diaper Bank uh, and others to provide resources to the families that we serve. We're, we're going to have to wrap this up, but I want to end with a tweet from Emily who writes, Thank God for my parent educator. She told me, You are a great mom. Nobody ever said that to me. What a great lift for a tired stay-at-home mom. So there you go. <laughs> Well, thank you for the opportunity, parents as teachers. This year is celebrating our 35th anniversary right here in St. Louis. We're bringing our international conference back here in October, and we'll have a series of events like Rolling Reads and Block Fest for families to engage and support. So check out parentsasteachers.org to find out all of that information and also seek uh, additional resources beyond your local uh, school district uh, to support uh, families that are on a waiting list. We will put a link to your organization on our website at stlpublicradio.org. Thank you. Thank you, Constance Gully, so much for being with us. Constance is the president and CEO of Parents as Teachers. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.